looking in the book of Revelation, chapter 19 and verse 1, and it says, After these things, I heard what sounded like the loud noise from a large crowd in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation, glory, and power belong to our God. That's where our hallelujahs are directed. Amen? This morning we're going to declare and praise the Lord. I like to do what heaven's doing. How about you? <laughs> it's always good to do what they're doing. If they're saying hallelujah in heaven, guess what? We're saying hallelujah here on this earth. And when we say hallelujah, we're saying praise the Lord. And not just a praise the Lord, uh, just a quiet praise the Lord. It's a declaration of praise. And so this morning, let's go to him and let's thank him. For those participating online, that's what you're doing this morning. You're not just watching, you're participating. We welcome you this morning. And so, Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is here. We thank you, Father God, that great grace is upon us all and that we will worship you in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. We thank you for the power that's in your word today. We receive it and we come in faith and with great expectation this morning. Have your way, Father God, in this place. Amen.
defeated. The King is alive. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, oh, well, Oh, 
is a strong tower. The righteous run it in and are safe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you find yourself in a situation where you don't know what to do, remember the name of Jesus. There's protection in his name. There's safety in his name. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we speak the name of Jesus. Oh, at his name, demons flee. Hallelujah. At his name. Oh, we are healed. We are made whole. Hallelujah. 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 We call the name of Jesus. We praise the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, let's just begin to speak out his name. Break every chain. Break every chain. 
break every chain. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, every chain, every chain. There's power in the name. There's power in your name. Oh, there's power, there's power, there's power in your name. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for the name of Jesus. It's in your name that we have victory. It's in your name that we have freedom. Freedom, deliverance is in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus came to set the captives free. Hallelujah. He came to open blind eyes. Hallelujah. He came to open the prison doors. Hallelujah. And chains break when we speak the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. I speak the name of Jesus this morning. And I speak it with boldness. Hallelujah. I speak it with unction and utterance of the Holy Ghost this morning. I speak the name of Jesus over your family this morning. I speak the name of Jesus over your body this morning. I speak the name of Jesus over your lungs this morning, right now. I speak the name of Jesus over your ears right now, in Jesus' name. I speak the name of Jesus over your financial situation right now, in Jesus' name. I speak the name of Jesus over your children right now, your teens right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we speak freedom. When we say Jesus, we're saying freedom, <laughs> deliverance, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, everything in working order. Everything made right and restored right now because that's what Jesus came to do. He came to set things in order and make everything right. And so I speak Jesus to you today. Hallelujah. What do you need Jesus to come and fix in your life this morning? Speak his name and speak it boldly in faith. Hallelujah. We say Jesus, <laughs> the name that's above every sickness, the name that's above every disease, the name that's above confusion and lack, we say Jesus, <laughs> our victory banner, <laughs> oh Jesus, Jesus, all heaven stands at attention when we say your name. And demons tremble when we say your name. We thank you for the power that's in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Right now, in Jesus' name, the pain behind your knees goes right now. In Jesus' name, that swelling, that tenderness, that discomfort leaves right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. That knee goes back to the same shape and size that it was, because it's not at the moment when you look at it. But right now, in Jesus' name, we speak to that swelling, and we tell you to cease and desist. You go down 
you go down in inflammation, you must bow to the name of Jesus this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That heart valve, I speak to you right now. In Jesus' name. You come into alignment with the word of God right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Whatever that issue is there, I thank you. In Jesus' name, be healed. Receive it right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The joint pain that you're experiencing this morning. Oh, in Jesus' name, that pain has to go. That pain has to go right now in Jesus' name. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I keep hearing catheter, cat, I can't even say that word, catheterization. I can't even say the word, but I keep hearing that. And so I'm just going to just be obedient to the Lord, and I'm just going to speak the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, you are healed of that situation, whatever it is, in Jesus' name. Healing flows to you right now, in Jesus' name. Receive it, receive it, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. The angels are working right now, in Jesus' name, in your body. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I thank you for restoration in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Before you're seated this morning, why don't you turn to the person on your left or your right or maybe across the aisles and greet them and share the love of Jesus that's in you with them. Hallelujah. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Maisha Barton here with this week's Good Morning Father's House Family Church. It is Maisha Barton here with this week's upcoming events and announcements. So listen up. I would like to first take this opportunity to welcome all of our guests, all of our first-time visitors. If this is your first time with us, come on, Father's House. Let's go ahead and give a real big God bless you. We thank God for you. God bless you. We pray that as you walked into the sanctuary this morning, you felt and experienced the love of God. And we would love to connect with you further. So if you don't mind, if you could fill out that connection card that you should have received walking into the building this morning and turn that in during our offering time, it would allow us to connect with you further. And we also have a gift for you. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We pray you enjoy the service and that you come back and worship with us very, very soon. Next Sunday is Father's Day and we have a very, very special Sunday service planned to honor and celebrate all of our dads. Next Saturday, the men are going fishing and on Sunday, Pastor Maria is going to be talking about fishing and fatherhood. Come on out next Sunday and find out what it's all about. Next Kingdom Couples event is taking place on June the 25th, and we cannot wait to spend the afternoon with all the couples that did sign up. If you didn't get a chance to sign up, you meant to, forgot to, whatever case may be, you can see myself or my husband, Craig Barton, and we can work to get you signed up. Oh, well, we're so excited and looking forward to this next event. Also, remember that Lit Youth will be hosting 
their fundraiser brunches on June the 26th right here at 9.15 a.m. It's going to be an amazing time. The food's going to be great. Um, I heard a little birdie put in a request for some bacon, um, but I'm not sure. I'm not promising any bacon. The little birdie just told me to put a request in for that um, at 9.15 a.m. And uh, it's going to be an amazing time for us to come together and support our young people. Bring your appetite and bring your cash. And last but certainly not least, want to announce the Please Hold July the 17th on your calendars, okay? It's going to be our annual barbecue and baptism service, and you don't want to miss it. We're going to go back to Watson's Pond and Taunton this year, and there will be more details to come on that. But just want to give you a little note to hold that date on your calendar. Make plans to join us after the service for the barbecue and for the baptism service. Amen. Today is Mission Sunday. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Such a blessing to be able to participate in missions. Amen. So we're going to call forth Brother Ivan, who's going to come forth now and receive our offering. Let's receive them. Good morning, family. How everyone's doing? Myself before <laughs> I introduce myself for those that don't know me, uh, uh, Ivan Lopes. That's my name. Is uh, some people like say Lopez, but it's Lopes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm part of the team with the sound and media. We work back there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can put your hands up for that. <laughs> yeah, that's my wife right here, Z. Yeah. It's very encouraging. <laughs> yeah. Couple of weeks, uh, I think a couple of weeks, she was telling me uh, she didn't have enough like singers, and I told her I would, I would offer myself in helping her, but she shut me down quick. She said, "Oh, this is not a playground." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to give? <laughs> uh, Thank you, Asher, for passing around the envelope, to giving the envelope. Uh, you can also give through our PushPay app. You can see now screen the app right there. Are you excited for being here? Yes. Have you come expecting for what God has for your life today? Yes. Nothing gets me more excited than being in the house of the Lord. Like King David says in Psalm 20, 23, 6, your house will be my home as long as I live. The people of the Lord are cheerful givers, amen? And today's Mission Sunday, so we remember missionaries in Brava, Keyword. Jesus has been heard and received in every corner in the island. I talked to, uh, I called uh, uh, Pastor Eric, one of the missionaries there, and I, I spoke with him and the wife. They were so exciting. It was a surprise for them because I, <laughs> I had never called them. <laughs> but, like, they were so happy that I called, and they, they told me all the information, how they had, like, uh, this pastor from a different island, from Santiago. They went to their island, and they stayed with, at their house for three days, preaching the word of God. 
yeah. And they went like, uh, they always go on the, the house, the roof of the, the house, preaching the gospel from there. Yeah. And uh, they had the, the service there for a while. And they, they usually go to uh, Prasa, uh, is the place. Uh, I looked up the translation called uh, Plaza. Yeah, they went there. They had the, they bring the speakers with the with the microphone. They telling people about Jesus. People are receiving the Lord. Yeah, and then and the wife the wife told me too. Even the tourists they go there to the island, they will heard the word of God because they had the flyers with English words. They will give it to them, and they will yeah they will read read them. So if if you want if you want to see your your sister towards this ministry, just uh, specify an envelope that is for Mission Sunday. And thank you for all your faithful giving towards this ministry. We have faith to believe in giving, but we, but we do have faith to believe in receiving. Most of the time, our mouth with the wrong confession gets gets us out of what we are expecting from God. Pastor Maria says, faith believes and faith speaks. Start changing what you say and you will start changing what you see. We are saying, what we are saying is not what we are seeing. It's what the word of God says concerning that situation, amen? The Bible tell, tells us in Proverbs 24, a farmer, too lazy to plow his field at the right time, will have nothing to harvest. As you sow your seeds, keep thanking God for it and confess the word over it. And God will tell you the right time to get your harvest. Amen. Proverbs 21, 25 to 26. says, lazy people who refuse to work are only killing themselves. All they do is, is think about what they would like to have. The righteous, however, can give and give gen generously. God does not want us to be lazy, but to work smart, not hard, amen? He made us righteous through the blood of his son and gave us the spirit of a cheerful giver. Numbers 18:29. Give it from the best that you receive. God gave us his best, so we must do the same, to give our Heavenly Father our best. As parents, we want to give our children our best, which sometimes we fall short, but our God is faithful. And just, and just, and he always continues to give us his best. Amen? And thank you all for your faithful giving towards the roof and our, of our goal of 400 each week. Yes. Yeah, we have received the amount $75. Remaining 11, 6, 12. And the total that we have received, 5,388. Praise God for it. <laughs> and now you can please stand so we can read our offering confession. Are you ready? Let's read. 
Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished for abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commission, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfers, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are gaining our building, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing to our hands great big seed and moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvest angel, go get it and bring it to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'll hand it over to Pastor Maria. She'll pray for the offering. Tithes and offerings. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Thank Ivan. You. Bless you. You can bring your tithes and offerings. Come cheerfully. Amen? Amen. We like to come up to the front because it's just a, it's another step you're taking. Amen. So as you come, you just we confess that we're moving forward in faith. Amen? So as you take the steps, take them in faith. Amen? Glory to God. And if you give on push pay like I do, push that button in faith. Amen? Glory to God, we don't disconnect our faith just because we give electronically. Amen? Thank you for those who are participating online with us. Again, don't just push the button, click, 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 and give and be like, that's done, that's out of my account. No, you've just sowed seed into your account. When we give to God, it's, it's always there. There's always provision for us. Amen? Glory to God, if we'll believe it. If we'll believe it. Good morning, Gary. Father, we thank you for every single person who's represented here. I thank you, Father, that we are bringing the tithe into the storehouse. We are bringing it, Father God. And we're doing it in faith because we know that faith is what is rewarded. And so we thank you, Father, that our faith will not be denied. But I thank you that the blessing of the Lord is upon each and every one of us. This church is blessed. This ministry is blessed. Every family is blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Yes. I believe it. I believe it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Today is Communion Sunday for us, and so we're going to uh, partake of the covenant meal together. Before we do, uh, we're just, I'm just going to talk for just a few minutes. I just wanted to bring to your attention, can you put that backpack slide up there for me? Uh, so this is our backpack drive. This is the progress of it. We just started. Last week we announced it, right? And so we just started it. This is just week one. So we've already had 16 backpacks purchased. They're $6 a piece. And let me just tell you, we are getting them from the Salvation Army. And typically, I think, if I did the math right, and just don't, don't get mad at me, I think it's $900 for uh, 150 backpacks at 6 bucks a piece. Am I right? <laughs> someone, can, someone else can do the math because math is not my strong suit. And so uh, I believe it's 900. Well, the Salvation Army, the way uh, we have a relationship with them, uh, they're just asking for a donation towards them. But I would like us, I would like us to give them the full 900. I would like that. I really would. And I don't want to take it out of, we're not taking this out of the general fund. I believe that we can do this and that we can get as much as we can for the children. This is an impact opportunity to go outside these four walls. 
And so, so far we've, we've gotten 16, that's just in one week. I mean, this is just the first week, right? We have until the end of July, <laughs> right? We have till July. So uh, we are doing, we're, we're, I know we're gonna get it, we'll do it, and then school supplies. So if you start looking in your store catalog, things that come, uh, you'll see discounts. And so you may see, you may go to the store like Staples or uh, Walmart and you see uh, crayons are like 95 cents a box. You may say, listen, I wanna buy 150 of them. Usually they'll tell you $30, uh, 30 and then th that stops, then you pay full price. You tell them I wanna buy 150 but I wanna buy them all at 95 cents. If you barter with them, especially at Staples, they'll give it to you for cheap. And so you could do that when you go to the different stores. Listen, my church wants to buy. Talk to them about, you know, donating some of it. We can give them a, a write-off. That's how we've done it in the past. We can give them a letter because we're a nonprofit. They will write that off. They won't even miss a dollar. <laughs> so I would like us to, to do this project this summer. This is our impact opportunity for the summer. And then plan on joining us probably the first or second week of August. We'll be distributing the backpacks. We're going to ask Dighton PD and uh, Dighton Fire to join us, and we're going to distribute those to those in need. How come only 150? Well, that's the need in Dighton. There's 7,000 people in Dighton, but Dighton is a pretty well-to-do town, but that's, that's, that kind of sums up what the need is, 150. And we'll, we'll ensure that they get into the hands of kids who need it. Amen? Amen. Thank you uh, for participating with that. Glory to God. Wednesday nights have been wonderful. We've been driving around to the different streets and praying for each house and business. We got a lot streets done this past week and Wednesday we'll do it again. We're excited about that. I thank God for giving us that strategy and it's working. Amen. It's working. I, we, we posted a video about the building and where we're at. It was in the Taunton Gazette. Uh, they are going to be turning this into a library for the town, which they have needed since my kids were young and growing up in the Dighton public school system, uh, in the Dighton school system. And so uh, they are in desperate need of a library and we have given it to them you know, came with the price, obviously, but uh, it's a blessing to them. And so I thank God that he had us purchase one of the few last historical buildings. And now we're getting a return on our investment. Amen. So you keep thanking God for land and very soon the shovels will be in the ground. Amen. Glory to God. I, and the more we talk about it, the more excited I'm getting about it. And the more my vision's getting so big, ask Eric. He's just like, okay, yeah. And, and I was talking to them, and I'm like, and, that, ba, 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 ba. and they're like, okay. I think we left their house, and they were like, okay. And so I'm excited. So we're going to sit down. Eric and I will put a video together. I just want to get our vision uh, into you because it's not just my vision. It's God's vision. It's our vision. And we're just going to do that. So when you see that posted, I just want you to absorb that and become a vision carrier. Amen? And then you can cast that vision too. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This morning, we're going to take communion in just a few minutes. But before we do, I want to talk about the significance of the blood covenant. Because uh, as I've said before, we can get super comfortable. We can get super familiar with the things that we do in church. And when we do that, you know, like saying our vision, like we do on Sunday mornings, or what we just did, giving. Uh, or praise and worship. We get so comfortable, okay, this is what we're going to do next. Now we kind of phone it in, you know what I mean? It's just real comfortable. It just, it loses its power. It loses its effect. It's not the same as when I did it for the first time. That's with anything we do. 
And so I want us to be real intentional about communion. I want us to be real intentional. Anything we do in church, we should be super intentional because it's for him. It's for him. And I think he deserves full intention and intention. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to be intentional about it. Our foundational text this morning is in Luke chapter 22 and verse 20, if you would go with me there. They'll put it up on the screens as well. After supper, he, Jesus, took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Praise God. We're going to talk about, as I said, the significance of the blood covenant. And this is a subject that we can talk on for many years to come. But we're going to focus on one area of significance today. Last week, in setting up our message on Pentecost, I read one of the values of this church, and that is our first one. The Bible is our standard. And it reads, we believe that one word from God can change our lives. So we teach the word, live the word, and we are changed by the word. Amen. Amen. Do you realize that the Bible is a binding, it's a legal binding contract sent by God for mankind. Amen. It's a legal binding contract. Yes, men wrote it, but they did it inspired by God. Amen? It's been given to us in two covenants or two contracts. The old contract, which is the Old Testament, and a new contract, the New Testament. The new contract does not wipe out the old one, but it fulfills it. Amen? Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17. He said, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus fulfills. The word covenant, when it's used in the Bible, means to cut or to draw blood. We don't have time to read the entire account, but if you'll remember when God established a covenant between him and Abraham. Remember that, when he established that? In Genesis chapter 12, and we will go there, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. Abraham was pretty comfortable in, in his surroundings. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. If you continue to read, you'll see that Abraham does what God says. He gets up, he leaves, makes some mistakes along the way, as we all do, right? <laughs> Father Abraham made mistakes, we make mistakes. <laughs> but he got there. He did what God told him to do. And then in Genesis chapter 17, we see that Abraham now is 99 years old. And God tells him in verse 2 of chapter 17 of Genesis, I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless 
descendants. Look at verses 4 to 6. This is my, and remember God's talking, covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. Abraham at this point had zero children. How do you have descendants with zero children? You don't. That's the answer. It wasn't rhetorical. You don't. <laughs> Verse 5. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham because you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful as if he wasn't already. Your descendants will become, with, he was fruitful with things, with substance, but not with a child. Uh, I will make it, let's see, where, where are we? It will no longer be Abram. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. Then go down to verse 7. God continues. I will continue my covenant with you and you. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you. From generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Glory to God. The old covenant was established in the Old Testament between God and Abraham. And if you continue to read through chapter 17, you see that the covenant, and actually chapter 15 as well of Genesis, you'll see that the old covenant was established through blood. Well, the new covenant was established between God and man through Jesus Christ, also through blood. Right? There are several different types of contracts, agreements, and covenants. There's the verbal one. I tell you, Patty, I'll meet you here tomorrow at 2.30. Patty gets here at 2.30, 2.40 comes, and I'm getting here. Now, can Patty take me to court because I was 10 minutes late? No. It was a verbal contract, which has no legal standing in court. In the past, a legal contract, a verbal, a verbal contract, used to mean something. <laughs> you know, they and then do that thing. Yeah, no. Now we need it written because verbal, we don't, we don't even keep our word to the little things never mind that right second is a written contract let's say I want to buy your car Nancy I want to buy your car I sign a paper and I say I'm gonna give you this much money so you give me your car I give you this money and and we I say let's write it out I'm gonna give you a paper saying this and so you have the paper saying I'm gonna give it you give me your car I give you the money that's a written contract say I didn't give her the money it's a written contract. In most cases, in most cases, not all, you could take me to court and she could get the money from me because they'll say, but you signed this written contract. A notarized contract is even stronger than that. A notarized contract is even stronger than a verbal or written. Let's, I'll use Nancy again, same example. I want to buy your car. This time I'm bringing witnesses and I have the paper, the written contract, and I have a notary with me. And so this is how much I want to buy the car for. And, and we make that agreement. And then the notary puts the seal or the stamp, a notarized stamp on it. Now, if I don't pay her, she could take me to court. <laughs> and they'll be like, wait a minute, this was notarized. How much did you pay her? Nothing. I went and got ice cream with the money. Lots of it. <laughs> I went on vacation. I went to Aruba. Sorry. No, 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 no. You don't get out of that contract. That's a written contract. That's stronger than verbal. And so there's a 
contract that's even stronger than all of these. It's the blood contract. Now, in our culture, that doesn't mean much to us. But in every culture of the world, the blood contract, the blood covenant is the strongest contract there is in every other country of the world. It's kind of lost on us here. It's stronger than a verbal, stronger than a written, stronger than a notarized contract. Glory to God. The Bible is a blood contract or blood covenant. It's not an insignificant thing. Yet many people treat the book, the Bible, like it's small and insignificant, but it's not. There are several reasons why people enter into a blood covenant or contract with someone else. And we've talked about this before. Um, again, in our culture, this is not something that we do. We don't, you don't hear much about the blood covenant. But in other countries, uh, it, it is, it's, this is done all the time. And because we don't do it here, it sometimes diminishes the significance of the blood covenant. But say I was in a tribe, and I'm going to use Mr. Henry. Uh, he's in a tribe. We're in different tribes. And say my tribe, we're known for our uh, power. We have a lot of strength. We win many battles. We have many weapons. And his, his tribe is not as strong, but they are so wealthy. They own a lot of land and a lot of resources. And so we decide we are going to make a blood covenant with each other, our families. And so the representatives of the families would come together with the families on each side surrounding them. And I would say, okay, I am going to make a blood covenant with you. And what that means is that I will protect you and your family. And Henry will tell me, I'm going to provide my land and resources whenever you need it. And so what does that mean? That means anyone who has a problem with him has a problem with me. His problem becomes my problem. And anytime we need anything, anyone in my family, it doesn't matter if it's the third cousin removed, if I consider them a member of my family, he's going to provide for them. And that's what a blood covenant is. And it's very serious. So serious that if I don't hold up my end of the bargain and someone comes and destroys someone in his family and I did not protect them, he can come after me, hunt me down, and kill me and my entire family. It's so strong and so serious that not only that can happen, my own family can come hunt me down and kill me if I don't protect him. My own family can say, you broke covenant with that family. That's how serious the blood covenant is. There are consequences and there are rewards and blessings. Amen? It's not a small matter when you enter into a blood covenant with someone. The fact that God established a blood covenant with us tells us he wants to be around us. <laughs> He wants to be involved in our lives. He wants a fellowship and relationship with us. When I enter into covenant with God and accept the terms of our covenant, heaven's resources now become my resources. His power now becomes my power. Glory to God. 
I'll say it again. The Bible is a legal binding contract sent by God for mankind. Hallelujah. It's a blood covenant book, but again, we make light of it. We don't understand the seriousness of it. And so we read it like it's just an old book of stories. And if we read it that way, that's the power we'll receive from it. It'll just be a bunch of stories. And so to dismiss that is to dismiss the significance of our blood covenant. And understanding this foundation of our Christianity will strengthen us as believers. It will strengthen you as a Christian. God established a blood covenant with Abraham and he did this because this was part of his plan to legally reconcile the human race back to him after Adam sinned. Remember, God created Adam and gave him spiritual authority on this earth. He had authority over everything, including the animals. He did not have to go out and hunt for an animal. All he had to do was simply call for it, and it came to him. It came to him. And that's hard for us to fathom because you try calling, you know, your cat, for instance. If my cat don't want to come to me, he ain't coming to me. He's like, I come when I want to. And so that's hard for me to understand a lion, you know, come on forth, lion. I'd like to eat you today. You know, I don't know. And so we don't eat lions. Cow. Come on, cow, come on over today. Yeah, so, you know, it's, 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 I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I wasn't there, but my spirit grabs hold of it, right? We don't dim dismiss it and say it didn't happen just because I didn't see it. Amen? That's my point. And so Adam and Eve, remember, they sinned and gave the spiritual authority they were given by God away to Satan. Instead of submitting to the will of God, they submitted to the will of the devil. And this is the answer to the question. Why can't God just throw the devil out of this earth? Why can't he just throw him out? God is a holy God and a God of justice. He's a holy God and a God of justice. Because Adam sinned, he gave his authority away legally. So God had to find a legal way to bring justice back into the earth, to legally redeem you and I. Sinful man who had given away their authority to the devil, he had to find a way to do that legally, to redeem him. And so, ever wonder why God created us with the choice? He created us with the ability to choose. Imagine if he didn't. Adam would have never sinned because he would have done exactly what God said and we wouldn't have the troubles that we have, the problems that we have on this earth today. But God gave us a choice. If God hadn't given us that choice, it wouldn't have been pure love. Because God wants pure love from us, his people. And the only way there can be pure love is if there's a choice. If there's a choice. Would you be a good and a just father if you forced your child to love you? If you forced them to do whatever you wanted them to do? If you made every decision 
in their lives? Would you be, would we call you a good and just father? No, we see a lot of that. We call that abuse. We see a lot of that. Or we call that a cult <laughs> where you just do everything. That's not God. The only way to have pure love is through freedom of choice. And that is why our Heavenly Father gives us a choice. And the reason God just can't come in and just send the devil off, off this earth right now is because legally he can't. He would trample on the choice of man and trample on how he made man. And he will not do that. He will not do that. He gave Adam the freedom to choose. And when Adam chose to submit to the devil and give his authority away to him, God could not just step in and take it all back without trampling on man's free choice. That's why God started a redemptive plan. He started it to bring salvation back to the human race legally. This was the only option he had as a God of justice. Hallelujah. And we see the first time he mentions this reconciliation or redemptive work was in Genesis chapter 3 with Eve and the serpent. He told the devil, the serpent, that the woman's seed will crush your head. <laughs> he had already thought about this redemptive plan. Glory to God. So God then found Abraham, someone who loved him, obeyed him, had faith in him. And Genesis chapter 15 through 17 show us uh, that how God showed Abraham the seriousness of the contract or blood covenant he was making with him. We see in Genesis chapter 17, we won't go there, in verse 10, that God talks to Abraham about circumcising his son, but not in the traditional sense, not for your traditional reason, but it was a way for him to bring his son into covenant, to bring his family, his son's family, into covenant. He started talking to him about that. It was one of the facets of the blood covenant. They call it the cutting of blood. The strongest form of covenant is when you draw your own blood. What is the significance of the blood? Why does the blood have to be involved? Go over to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 20. Hebrews 9 and verse 20, it says, The blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. 22 says, in fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Some translations say without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. The blood guarantees your forgiveness and your ability to have fellowship and relationship with God. Yeah. Remember, he is a holy and just God, and sin cannot stand in his presence. When Adam sinned, he lost. That's what he lost. He lost fellowship. He lost relationship that he had enjoyed with God. He became spiritually separated from God, who had been his source up until that time, his only source. He died spiritually because sin separates us from God. He's holy. 
but thank God for the shedding of Jesus' blood. Let's look quickly at the significance of blood. Look at Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. I know, not a verse that we read every day. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. For the life of the body is in its blood. I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. It is the blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible. Life is in the blood. God established it that way. You take your blood out, you die. All right? You die. Genetically, the blood of the child is always through the seed of the father. Under the old covenant, a father would circumcise his son. That circumcision draws out blood. And that placed them under the protection of the covenant. And then we'd see the high priest go through all of the things that they had to go through because of the law. Strict way that they would sacrifice animals. That blood that was on the altar that was spilled out guaranteed their forgiveness. And God accepted that. It was acceptable to him at that time. He said, for right now, I'll accept this. But he knew the day was coming that he would offer a perfect sacrifice and that this wouldn't be sufficient anymore. He knew it. He knew it. But he accepted it at that point. And Jesus, hallelujah, glory to God, came. He was the perfect sacrifice. Here's something interesting, though, that I was reading, Matthew chapter 1. And we skip over this when we do our reading, you know, the lineage thing. This one begat this one, and this one begat that one. All the begat, begat, begats, yeah. Well, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 says, This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. And then look at verse 2. Abraham was the father of Isaac. It does not start with Adam. It starts with the man that God made a blood covenant with. That's who it started with, as far as God is concerned. Do you see how important the blood covenant is? Hallelujah. Now, there's so much, again, we can talk about, and we'll do so next time, but I want to close by looking at Jesus and the significance of his blood. Remember we said that there's life in the blood. And in Jesus' case, the Holy Spirit brought the seed into Mary. It wasn't Joseph. She was a virgin, remember? And so his blood comes straight. From the Father, hallelujah, in heaven. He's the one that initiated the blood covenant through the holy blood of his son. My goodness, that should change the way we sing. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white. As that blood came from our Father, and we have a blood covenant with Him. 1 Peter 1, 18 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. And it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose Him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. One translation says, your way, your empty way of life that you see by tradition of your fathers. That 
old way of doing things under the old covenant is no longer valid or sufficient or acceptable. It is Jesus' blood that confirmed and made valid the new covenant, and he called it the precious blood. Hallelujah. It's a blood we sing that will never lose its power. It's a blood that will never lose its value. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Praise God. We can now once again have pure fellowship and relationship with the holy God because of the blood of Jesus. Bless the Lord. So to summarize it, Abraham loved God obeyed him, and had faith in him. So God made a blood covenant with Abraham and every generation after him. Jesus' precious blood validates, confirms, and authorizes this covenant because God is a holy and just God and desires pure love for us. He gives us the freedom of choice. Hallelujah. We can enter into the blood covenant with him through the precious blood, of Jesus Christ, or we can die a spiritual death, but the choice is ours. I choose to enter in to the blood covenant. Amen? I choose to enter in. It's not about going to church. It's not about dressing nice. It's not about doing good things. It's not about staying away from doing bad things, but it's about saying, God, I choose you. I choose you here on this earth. I choose you. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Hallelujah. We do that by embracing Jesus here on this earth, by receiving him, letting the spirit of God touch our spirit and marking our spiritual interior and then accessing our covenant, our rights by faith. Hallelujah. And in obedience to him, all of heaven's resources becomes ours. His power becomes ours. Glory to God. We'll close it with 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22. It says, and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything, yeah. everything he has promised us. Lord. Praise the Lord. I am grateful for the blood covenant we have with the Father through the precious blood of Jesus. Aren't you grateful? Amen. Glory to God. Ushers, you can come and serve the people communion this morning. I'll ask that you hold your elements and we'll partake together. Here's our action step as they come. As we take our covenant meal today, think about one thing that makes the blood covenant significant to you. Why does this matter in your life? Why does it matter to you? Think about that. Take a minute and do that this morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 this morning. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me pull it up here. Thank you, Jesus. We'll look at verse 23. 
For I pass on to you, this is Paul talking, what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, that's Jesus, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body. Remember, we're talking about his blood. If they had not whipped him, if they had not beaten him, if they had not set that crown of thorns on his head, if they had not done the, the, the torture and the scourging that they did, no blood would have been spilt. And so we are, we're grateful that he offered up his body willingly. This didn't take place just in the spirit realm. It touched his body. And it touched and he took the abuse. He was abused. So you can get free of the abuse you've suffered in your life. He took it. He took the name calling. He took the I don't believe that you are who you say you are. I don't believe in you. I don't believe that you can do it. He took those that on him so you can overcome the limiting beliefs that you have about yourself because people said you aren't anybody. Who do you think you are? He took that on him. He was naked, placed on a cross for all to see. He took shame on him so you could be delivered from shame. So you can lift your head up and not walk in shame any longer. He took the pain of all of those thorns going right into his head so you can be free from those migraines that you've suffered from. It touched his natural body. Yeah, it's a spiritual thing, but it touched him in the natural. And this morning, that's why it's significant to us. Because he was there in our place. He was there in our place. Hallelujah. This is my body which is given. He gave it to us. He said, I can call a legion of angels, but I'm giving my life, I'm laying it down willingly. I'm so glad he said those words. Imagine if he say those words. The cross would have kind of changed for us. But the Bible, the blood covenant and legal contract made sure, the Holy Spirit made sure it was put in there. So we know that he did this willingly. He said, I could call angels, they could come deliver me, but I'm doing this willingly. He did it willingly. What an example he was for us. What an example. Do this in remembrance of me, in, in verse 25. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, in agreement, <laughs> confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread, we're doing it today, and drink this cup. We're doing it today. You are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. And so this morning we put ourselves in remembrance. Take a moment and just go before the Lord in your heart. You could do it quietly right where you're sitting.
and just ask him, ask the Holy Spirit to show you anything that has come between you and fellowship with your father. You, you enjoy pure fellowship with him. Take a moment and just see if there's anything that has come between you and the father. Well, what would that look like? Well, is there any resentment? towards another individual? Is there any bitterness or unforgiveness towards another individual? Is there bitterness and resentment towards God because you, he didn't come through like you thought he should? Maybe that's standing between the two of you. Or maybe you've never received him publicly and opened your mouth and received him. You can do that right in your seat and just say, Jesus, I receive you right now. I receive you. I choose you right now. I choose you right now whatever it is you can receive forgiveness and you can have your relationship with him restored hallelujah the significance of the blood we have fellowship with our father and with one another because of it we thank you father father we thank you for jesus your son jesus we're grateful for you we're so thankful. Our lives are not the same because of you. And I thank you that when we choose you, our lives change dramatically. Yeah, we still have problems. We still go through things here on this earth, but I thank you that you partner with us and you walk with us every day. I thank you. And we're reminded of how you walked with God and how you let the Holy Spirit lead you. And that's the life we want to live. And so thank you for making that possible. Thank you for making us right, for giving us right standing with God and for setting everything right in our lives. Thank you for your broken body, the one that you gave up willingly. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. And today as we partake of the body, we thank you that we put ourselves in remembrance of what you did and what that means personally to each of us. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Now you can break and eat as you do. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being the perfect sacrifice. Thank you for allowing them to torture you. Who does that? Who does that? Who willingly offers themselves and says, okay, I'll do it. You did. And so we thank you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And we are your friends because we are in covenant with you. We thank you for it. Let's take the cup this morning. Now, I'm just going to clarify that this is, we don't believe that this is the real body and blood of Jesus. This is a representation, okay? This is what we're using, so it represents this for us. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the blood of your son, Jesus, the spotless lamb, the perfect sacrifice. Oh, what a savior. And oh, his blood that was shed for us. Because of it, we are purified and cleansed and stand before you holy and in right standing with you.
We appreciate it. We're so thankful for it. And we honor you as we do this today and put ourselves in remembrance of you. Go ahead and partake this morning. Glory to God. Now stand with me if you would. Glory to God. And let's just thank him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. We're so grateful. We're so grateful for the blood covenant that we have with you. Oh, it is significant in our lives. We make a lot about it. We make much about our blood covenant with you because it is what has changed our lives. And so we thank you, Father, that as we walk this walk of faith and in obedience to you like our father Abraham, that the blessing of the Lord overtakes us, glory to God, that we have your favor which surrounds us like a shield, that the joy of the Lord strengthens us every moment of our lives, and that we are healed and whole by the stripes of Jesus. We thank you that we are well taken care of. If you love and care for the birds, how much more do you love us who have a covenant with you? And so we thank you and we praise you and we give you all the glory and the honor in the way we live our lives this entire week. 